Well, uh, we want to thank the following sponsors to help you bring this week three action to you. And boy, it's a lot, and we're going to get a lot more to you. But we want to thank Iowa Tire, Fairfield, Iowa. Kyoto Transmission and Repair. Uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa. Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine. Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Kyoto, Iowa. Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa. Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. B&B Propane. R&B Breaks Facebook page of Dubuque, Iowa for the best sports cards in Iowa. Richardson's Tech Solutions of, of Richland, Iowa. Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of, of Kyoto and surrounding areas. And the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Well, it's Power 5 time with Scotty Melvin. Oh, my gosh, Scotty. Um, let me ask you a little bit about... Uh, uh, Oh, did week three make things easier or harder? You know, you you had uh, asked me that before, and it, the, the long answer would be it could go either way, depending on how you want to look at it. I am going with it made it easier because the, the fact is some stuff got sorted out in a big way around the area. Some of our teams we were pretty high on uh, lost some close ones, and some of them got whacked. And you get whacked on a Friday night, you're coming out of the – Power five for me, at least for the week, and uh, you'll have a chance to earn back in. But made it easier on me. We pared it down quite a bit because, as you know, those first few, I kept put. I've thrown a lot of ties in there in the five slots, and, and ended up with 12, 13, 14 teams. Um, we're down to. I, I'm still allowing a little of that, but it's it's getting closer to a five now, a true five. All right. Well, what do we got? Let's count from the fifth spot up, and number five's got one team. And I'm going with the Fairfield Trojans. They have Whoa, that's the first time the Trojans made the, the, the list. Well, they're a one-loss team, but it wasn't a bad loss. It was a loss to another Power 5 team that's on their level uh, as far as classification. That is not a bad thing. Um, the Trojans have shown us a lot. They, they could have, should have maybe pulled that game out, you could argue. Um, that they lost, and then they've, they've got some big wins on the board. Uh, this most recent one against a hot Washington team that we're real high on. So that, to me, earns them a spot in the Power Five. We'll see how they fare going forward. I have uh, just as many high – I'm just as high on these Trojans as I am on the Demons, potentially. Right. Well, well, and that was – you know, that, that that seemed like a game that might – if they played 100 times, each team might win 50 of them. Uh, True. And I think the home field advantage and firing off that cannon and getting – and the Fairfield Trojans have a lot going for them. Um you know, like I say, I got to see their JV team. They look phenomenal. Uh, they got a lot coming. Uh, they got a lot of depth. They got a lot of uh, a talent over there. Um, they're yeah. running the ball like there's nobody's business. Uh, and they're tackling and they're doing the things they need to do on defense. Uh, but their, their, their special teams and their kicking, I just wanted to point out, is probably the best in the business. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, and you've heard me rave about it a couple of different times since seeing it in person down in Fort Madison. I, I feel like they uh, are the, the team right now. If, if everybody that I've seen with my own eyes, and we're only three weeks in, but the Trojans have the most polished and potent-looking special teams all the way around of any team I've seen. And, you know, that's a big – you know, it's 33% of your, your, uh, your team strategy and can flip a game, you know, that simply. And uh, they're great at it. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you win a game 23 to 20. Special teams had a little something to do with that win, wouldn't you say? 
Uh, it sure sounds like it. <laughs> That's a score that sounds like somebody had a field goal or a two-point conversion. Something went right. Yeah, something, you know, just uh, um, you miss an extra point, and you can lose uh, in the in 3A in particular because I think they're, they're uh, uh, pretty close together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you're more likely to have teams that have a kid that can adequately kick, especially from uh, PAT distance. It's not quite the adventure that it might be for the smaller schools when you get up into 3A and beyond. So uh, one one glitch in a game can make all the difference. And, uh, I don't, you know, I just don't think Fairfield's a team has got to worry too much about that as long as they keep uh, doing what they're doing on special teams. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's what's separating them. Uh, that's what, I, I think it's their, their special teams is probably what's, what's pierced the top five. What do you think? It could be what's made the difference. You know, I've only got to see them in person the one time, um, and that was the game that they lost. And I don't think special teams by any stretch uh, was a factor in that, in the fact that they lost. In fact, it put them in position, a better position to win that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Fairfield special teams is going to possibly carry them in a game or two going down the stretch here. They've got a lot of tough opponents coming up. Nobody well, on that uh, schedule. On a side note, I've got Coach Wheaton coming on uh, Monday, I think. Okay, cool. Coming off a big win there. So, yeah, they're my number five team. Um, number four is going to be a shared spot. A couple more one-loss teams that I think are very deserving still uh, and very uh, formidable opponents for anyone out there that they're going to face. And that's going to be, uh, first off, number four, Waco, the Warriors, losing to Winfield Mount Union. That's not enough to convince me that they're not a, a, a top five team in this area. Um, they've already owned two wins over uh, ranked teams coming into this game. And uh, I think a lot of us had Winfield Mount Union pegged as the favorite, and it did go that way. Having said that, Waco did a lot of good things on both sides of the ball. They do need to get a little bit more uh, consistency going on offense, I think, when they get into these types of games with a team that's really stout. And, uh, you know, it's early in the season, and we'll see how it goes down the stretch, and we could see a rematch between the two in the playoffs. Okay. Sigourney Kyoto is tied with him in my four spot. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto coming off another big win over rival Mid-Prairie. Um, Sigourney Kyoto's 2-1, and one, um, but they've played up, you know, and they've played up and quality up competition as far as classification. And to be a two and one at this point of the season, do it the way they've done it. Um, low score, high score, you know, Kale Clarahan just going off. Yeah, what other. about Kale Clarahan? I was going to ask you, is that the, the, the best performance of anyone this season? It's not. And I'll get to that. And unfortunately, uh, the team that's got the kid that's got the best performance so far in my book uh, is not in the Power Five this week. But he, it's right up there. I'd call it the number two performance. Okay. Well, that sure. ain't, you know, that ain't shabby. And there's nothing to sneeze at. Five touchdown game, pretty good. I agree. Um, five touchdowns. He was he pushing 300 yards rushing. I mean, yeah, he had a whale of a game. And there would be those that might argue with me that because of the five touchdowns that he, yeah, he's got the the top performance. But uh, I, I've got some other criteria that I go by, and that's that's my. Uh, I get it. I get it. I was just asking. Well, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with somebody that said, "Hey, I've got, I've got Kale's uh, performances top so far." I would say, "Hey, I, I I'm not going to argue with you on it. You, you have a legitimate argument <laughs> that I just can't go against, really." Okay. But, uh, 
I'd have to put Caden Amagons up there as number one from Friday night in a losing effort against Lisbon. I don't think he scored more than two touchdowns in the game, but to tote the ball almost 40 times for uh, 330-something yards, that's extreme, dude. You don't see that anymore. Uh, You just don't see that. You don't see a kid take that kind of beating playing two ways. That's that's 1990s and, and prior type football playing right there. You just don't see it anymore, so... Caden's got my game ball as far as that goes. For well, Kale, Kale, it's it's no shame to be uh, name have mentioned with uh, Amagon. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, right now they're they're the maybe far and away the top two running backs uh, in the area as far as yardage goes. Of course, you got to throw a Cam Buffington in there too. Eight player being a little bit different animal there, but uh, yeah, we're we're blessed. We've got some we've got some stat machines, and they are roaring out of the gate here three weeks in. Okay. So there we go. That that ends the uh, the the list of teams in the Power Five that have a loss. Now we got to go with all the undefeateds, and they are getting whittled down by the week already. Number three, I've got a tie with the Pekin Panthers and the Central Lee Hawks. And you've heard me uh, give you some of my reasoning why I've got Central Lee placed down at three. And I would say the same for Pekin. It's not that they're not doing great work so far. It's their level of competition compared to the teams I've got placed ahead of them. It's just not quite up to that standard yet. They haven't beat anybody's, you know, marquee yet. But they will have that opportunity in the coming weeks, and we'll see how that plays out. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Uh, um, Central League is really off to a good start. I mean, um, hard to deny a 3-0 start. Uh, um, and uh, Durant would be a good win for them, I'm thinking. I, I know they're down a little bit, but, uh, uh, um, you know, well, they're, 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 they're playing the teams that are on the schedule right in front of them. Yeah, and that's all you can do. And, and again, my reasoning is their their schedule is so favorable out of the gate, and it's so heavy backloaded with uh, high-caliber competition that we're going to learn a lot more about them later in the season. My, my opinion on their undefeated, Start is a little sketchy because, like you said, for me, Durant has taken a huge step back and only win 17 to nothing over a team that's a lower classification and lost so much to graduation. Doesn't impress me a ton. Having said that, like you said, they're beating who's on their schedule. That's really all you can do. And uh, they're 3-0 and to this point. And so they've got to be in the Power Five, man. And, and I you don't think it, it, anything shabby. According to the data, there's, there's a lot of uh, favorable data leaning that way. Absolutely. Uh, the Pekin Panthers honestly impressed me a little bit more. I think they've had a little tougher road than a Central Lee, but I'm placing them at three just because when we get to these, uh, what I would call my top four in the area, these teams have proven a little bit more over over a sturdier competition, let's put it that way. So Pekin and Central Lee at number three. Number two, I've got a three-way tie. Um, I, I couldn't put any of these quite at number one, but they're they're pushing. And we'll see how it goes going forward. But I've got Wilton, Linville, Sully, and Fort Madison at the two spot in the Power Five. These guys are all undefeated. They've all got uh, big-time wins in my book over over some pretty decent competition. Linville Sully's doing it without quarter down harder right now. He's got a broken leg. Uh, looks like, according to his Twitter, he's going to be back by playoff time. If they can survive the rest of the season, get to the playoffs without him, and he's going to have fresh legs going in. Look out for Linville Sully. Well, hey, but, can I ask uh, you something about Linville Sully? Um, I searched and searched. I didn't see a score on him last week. Did you have one? They, 
they beat uh, Pleasantville, thirty-six to twenty-six. And we know Pleasantville's no, not a—they're uh, no slouch at this football thing. But that score raised my eyebrows a little bit. I thought uh, Linville Sully would beat them worse, and it and it could be uh, the fact that they didn't have quarter. Well, there's you know? another team I, I didn't get a score on, and I hope I'm not missing anything up. But it's West Burlington. West Burlington uh, gets knocked out of my Power Five this week due to losing to West Liberty, twenty-seven to seven. West Liberty was winless, um, so that's uh, that's a setback for West Burlington, Notre Dame. But uh, again, well, it can happen. Uh, it can happen to anybody. It, it can happen on any Friday to anybody, to, uh, and and this season is proof of it, and this game is proof of it. Absolutely, and it's a non-district game, so it's it's not the end of the world. Um, whatever went wrong, if they can get it shored up and and win what they've got to win in the district play, which is going to be tough with Mid Prairie and. Uh, Mediapolis looming down the road, but uh, West Burlington Notre Dame's got every chance to, to make a run at the playoffs still. This isn't, uh, I don't know what happened there. I just know the score. A um, little bit surprised by it because uh, West Liberty hadn't been looking real strong coming into that game. Well, they make this couple adjustments. Maybe a, a hurt player comes back. Yeah. A lot of stuff can happen, you know. Um, Absolutely. You, you know, they, they might see something on film they can exploit that someone else hasn't. Um, you just never know. Fumble here and there, and game's all, you know, that football's an odd-shaped ball. That's a fact. Um, the Wilton Beavers, I want to thank uh, Julie Keith, Drew's mom, for uh, chiming in there Friday night. I was at the Winfield Mount Union game uh, versus Waco. I was watching, as I could, the Columbus-Lisbon game on my phone, and then, of course, constantly trying to search Twitter and, and everything else for scores, and Julie chimed in on the Wilton game and they had a tough one against Comanche but they just kind of slowly ground it ground them down and uh weathered it and uh, pulled out a nice victory and that's the third in a row for the Beavers over a 2A team that every every game they've won has been against a bigger school so they are a solid number two they've just steadily climbed up my uh list here and we'll see how it uh how it continues to go I think they've also got kind of their the meat of their schedule is going to be later in the season okay They've got. They found offense against Centerville the other night. Man, they really look good. Um, they had the big plays. You know what I mean. And that defense. Um, something happens to them in the in the red zone. It's it just shifts some kind of gear when the field gets short. They get tough. Man, they are tough to score on in the red zone. You saw it last. Uh, uh, uh the week before last. Um, uh, in person. Well, what's going on with that Fort Madison defense, and why does it get so stiff uh, uh, when the field gets short? There's a lot of teams like that, and I don't know if that's something that kind of makes the coaches, you know, if you're a defensive coach, uh, a little bit antsy or what. I don't know, but uh, there's something I noticed about Columbus last year. They they would let teams drive the ball down the field on them, and then something would happen when they get into about that that 20 yard line range that red zone range and then the, the kids just buckle down and i i can't tell you if it's maybe they're just on their heels a little bit as they're trying to figure things out and that that's kind of what's nice about football is if you if you don't give the opposition a short field it does give you time to figure them out a little bit as they maybe move the ball down the field on you and then uh you can kind of dig your heels in and, and make a stop when it when it really matters um and that's what i've seen out of fort madison Offensively, uh, Coach Doherty, I think he was a little frustrated with their sense of urgency and, and, and whatnot. And uh, maybe they've got a little of that going on on the defense, too, and they, they find it in the red zone. But uh, whatever it is, they, they are hard to score on. 
uh, you might pile up some yards, but you won't pile up points on them. And uh, if they uh, are firing on all cylinders offensively now, that makes them extremely dangerous. And I think they're a legitimate challenger to Davenport Assumption and Mount Vernon uh, later in the season here. Hey, have you ever seen that, that big Reds field? I have, just on video. Yes, yeah, uh, awesome, isn't it? Yeah, they've uh, piled some money into that or something. That's a, Oh, that's my one. God, that, that Indian Chief's head in the middle of the field, and, and every every 10 yards is a different color, and the red track all the way around it. Oh, my that was that was awesome. Well, it, it's cool, too, because many years ago, I remember Centerville getting stuck in 3A quite a bit with Mount Pleasant back when they were a power, and uh, they'd have to come down here and play. And they seemed like kind of one of those hard luck teams that didn't have a lot of uh, maybe the amenities and money going into their program that some of our schools had around here back in those days. And I, I always felt kind of bad for them. And now they look like a, a community that's uh, taken a lot of pride in, in things. And as far as their football goes with the facility and whatnot, and, and it's, and it showed because they've had some good playoff teams here recently. Well, they get two thumbs up for atmosphere at the, in Centerville from round guy radio. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a great place and a real nice win for Fort Madison. Uh, I, w I may not call it a marquee win, but it's it's nice to see them really get uh, revved up on offense now, and hopefully they can keep that up going forward. Yeah. That brings me to num number one, and there can be no other. I've seen them in person finally, and I already knew what I was going to see. The Winfield Mount Union Wolves are far and away the most stacked team in southeast Iowa right now, and they're playing like it. They're healthy. They uh, – they look strong out there. They look like a team that's lifted more weights than anybody else. Uh, they look more physically gifted. They're just bigger, meaner, nastier, faster, uh, explosive plays, um, spectacular athletic plays. If you saw Colt Milks' interception, the one-handed one right in front of Colton Lichty, I mean, just they – Yeah, that was a dandy. That was a dandy. So they are, for me right now, kind of uh, the king of the hill down here. And uh, they are my lone number one now. They earned it with a, a convincing victory over Waco. Again, I'll say it, Waco did some nice things. I still see them as a, as a very much a top five team in the state as far as eight player goes. And uh, I like their attitude because I was able to talk to a couple of boys after the game. And, uh, yeah, they're disappointed. They wanted to play better. They wanted to win, all that stuff. But uh, what I heard was, hey, we'll get better from this. We'll get better. We'll learn from it and move on. And that's that's a great attitude right there. Well, I, I get you. Um, well, I, I got some breaking news, if you're up for it. Sure. Monday night, Round Guy Radio will be at the JV game between uh, uh, Waco in Winfield Mount Union at Winfield. Uh, it's my first foray ever into going there. Tell me a little bit about what's like see a game there in Winfield. Well, it's a it's a nice little facility. Um, plenty of seating on the home side. I never have trouble finding a seat, and I don't know if that's because so many folks like to stand and they're milling around. they got a great concession stand. You'll enjoy that if they've got it fired up uh, like they do for a varsity game. And, uh, boy, we had some – we had some – good uh beef and nachos beef nachos there the other night my daughter and i we had a good time and uh fields uh decent um bernate man you know a lot of these small towns have you know less than stellar facilities that's just kind of the way it goes uh i like theirs 
I love their announcer. I think Coach McCarty gets uh, unnerved by it sometimes. <laughs> we've had that discussion. I know uh, you. Get, let's get a plug. Guy. Who is this guy that you always mention him every time you talk about? Well, him. You're, if he's doing the JV game, you're going to get a kick out of it. I mean, you know, he's uh, he's trying to make things more entertaining, and I understand where the coach might be like, okay, you can dial that down a bit or whatever. But as a fan, my experience is is entirely. Uh, has entirely different standards and expectations. And I enjoy every time I go to Winfield and uh, hear him on the mic. So hopefully you get treated to that. Maybe I can get up there and get an interview from him. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, you have to see what you can do there. It's possible I might be able to join you, but it's really hard to say at this point. Um, I never know what my weeknights are going to bring. I know, I know how things are. It's a whirlwind uh, um, uh, of life you lead there, uh, as well as uh, uh, everyone else around here. But we all appreciate you, you taking some time. Well, Scotty, this is the point of the show where you tell me where the round guy game of the week is next week. You know, I I had to dig around, and I've been digging around, and I've tried to narrow it down. Where would I want to go? There's some games I'd like to see, but they're going to be not feasible because of distance. You know, a team that I'd like to see that's you know, going to be on the road or whatever. Early on in the season, uh, or maybe even preseason, I kind of had looked ahead. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to Columbus for the game against Lisbon because it's on the same night as the Winfield Mount Union Waco game. And uh, even though Columbus lost the game, it was exciting down to the wire. Uh, tough to have to miss that one. But I said, hey, the following week, if things go the way I think, and Pekin is a player in this district, that, that week four game at Columbus, you know, between the Panthers and the Wildcats could be just as uh, much of a marquee matchup as the Lisbon game. And that's how it's shaken out. So I am 99% sure that I'm going to go to Columbus to get my eyes on uh, them for the second time this season, first time at home. Well, and then I, the Panthers. I wholeheartedly endorse this as a round guy game of the week. As a matter of fact, Scotty Melvin, uh, uh, we're going to marry you back up with Jeff Mills as this is the uh, real uh, smart highlights videos game of the week. Also, so uh, just Excellent. like uh, the initial game of the of the week, well, uh, you have got out and you see. Let's see, you see Minneapolis and Columbus, you saw Fairfield and Fort Madison, yep. then you saw Waco and Winfield. Now you got Columbus and Pekin in Columbus. Uh, yeah, that we got to get a round guy game of the week there in Columbus. That is a, a, a for sure thing, and I do think that we are also. I can also announce that uh, the Pekin uh, uh, um, Columbus JV game is going to be a round guy uh, uh, JV game we covered. So we're definitely going to cover the uh, game in uh, – uh, uh, we're going to cover the game uh, at, Win at Winfield against Waco uh, tomorrow night. And then uh, uh, you can look forward to the Columbus uh, Pekin Panthers uh, as my return to uh, Columbus uh, will be uh, – uh, a good one for me because I really like it over there. That, that's one that I'm telling you. You want to go have a fun time? Go watch Columbus play. I mean, that's a, just a the whole thing. They just do everything so well, don't they? Yeah, they do. I I love going to the game there on Friday nights. And uh, disappointed, like I said, I couldn't be there last week. But uh, I I thought, well, things are going to shake out that that peaking game is going to loom pretty huge. And in a way. It's bigger now. It's more marquee. It's oh, more it is a marquee work. matchup, isn't it? Uh, yeah, with the fact that Columbus dropped this because we have them as such heavy favorites in the district. And now 
their backs are against the wall a little bit. You don't want to lose two district games. Pekin's an upstart. We don't know just how much progress they've made. They're off to this fast 3-0 and start. Can they match up with Columbus? Can they prove that they are a, a real threat to uh, the rest of the teams in this district? There was been as well. Uh, we're going to find out a lot Friday night there in Columbus, and, and I'm pretty excited for this one. This one has a lot of intrigue. Scotty, I was there last time. It was at yeah. peak, and I was there. And I'm telling you, this matchup is just it, these two communities are great at competing with each other. And it's a, uh, uh, it was a great one. That was one Caden scored uh, seven touchdowns. Yes, sir. And, and he uh, needed them all to win that game. Uh, Pekin, yeah, they were down Pekin really, really played them strong. I think that was the first time Pekin kind of played with the big boys, you know. Uh, yeah. And what about Pekin, though? Tell me a little bit about They got a chance in this game or what? Well, you know more about them than I do. I, I've not got eyes on them. Well, I, uh, I just got my ears on the, the, the luscious and dulcet tunes of uh, – of Kiss uh, FM 101.5 and Michael Comstock and his partner, who just well, do a fantastic job, but they got a lot of weapons, you know. Uh, um, and I think, and they got a good quarterback, and and, and uh, this Will Adams kid's fantastic, and Dolstrom's fantastic, and they got downtown Robert Brown. Uh, um, I don't, I mean, we'll see. Can they, you know, they tackle well. But can they tackle uh, um, one of the best running backs in the state of Iowa? Uh, I want to tell you, Columbus Wildcat listeners out there, um, I, my opinion of your team hasn't changed at all. You're still, you're still at the top of the list with me. Um, I think I don't, I don't see any any reason at all why if you disqualify for the playoffs that you won't be one of the most deadliest threats in the state of Iowa when you get there. And I don't think that. You know, Lisbon's unbeatable, you know, to you. You look like you played them pretty tough. So, I mean, I think in another circumstance, maybe you, you'd beat them. Uh, but, you know, the teams that you, you know, that, that you, you didn't win were excellent, excellent teams. Uh, um, so, there's not, you know, sometimes you don't win every game. But it isn't so much about who plays the best in the first three games. It's who plays the best in the last three games. And and who brings it into the playoffs? And uh, um, man, I still still strong. Um, I couldn't get uh, Coach Lequa on the phone last week, but hopefully um, we'll be talking to him again real soon. Uh, Scotty, what anything else you want to say about the the Power Five or any other matchups that you're looking at? I would just echo that about Columbus. They're 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 not in my power five this week because they lost again, you know, so they're one and two and it's just for fun poll type thing and, and there's certain criteria I try to use to reward teams on what they did Friday night. You, but you, their lo- that loss was uh it could have gone either way. The two teams are kinda like looking in mirrors. These are two of the fastest teams in class A. I mean, look at their track teams, you know. Um, so this this thing was a foot race. Lisbon had the ball last. Well, it might go the other way the next time because I got a feeling there's a good chance that we could see another. This is another rematch possibility in the playoffs, and uh, but there's a lot of season left too. And if you're Columbus, you know, and you had the hopes of winning the district, that's not necessarily over just yet. It's too early, but it's uh, it's definitely had a damper put on it with this early early loss to Lisbon, and they definitely don't want to have another one. And uh, so they're going to have to come out firing on all cylinders against Pekin and, and probably make a statement Friday night. And we'll see what happens because Pekin's going to have a lot to say about that. 
Yeah, well, we'll um, it's going to be a great game. Round guy game of the week. One of the probably one of the marquee matchups in the state. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I can't imagine it be anything other than a top ten matchup in the state of Iowa for sure. Well, That's Scotty, amazing. is there any other players that performed well last week that you want to mention? Oh, you got a couple minutes. Go down the list there. Uh, you know, I was had eyes on the Waco Winfield Mount Union game. I've got Clayton Miller uh, ranked. If I were to rank uh, quarterbacks in Southeast Iowa, he's in the top two or three. Um, Jake Edwards looked great for Winfield Mount Union, although I think he is going to look a lot better in a lot of other games. Let's not uh, shortchange the Waco defense, even though they gave up 34 points. Let me tell you. Worst case scenario for Winfield Mount Union is they get in a dogfight. Just keep giving the ball to Cam Buffington because, uh, you know, if your team's stout and they're, they've got some good technique tackling-wise, they're going to get him down plenty. He's not going to bust every run for, for big yardage, but every once in a while he's going to, and I think he can do it enough times to literally carry the Wolves to any win they need to get because, man, when he gets loose, he's scary. I thought he looked like, I mean, like a borderline NFL player. You know, it's got so much of him, but, I mean – if it's possible, my opinion of him is even higher than it was. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think Waco did uh, crazy good work in in keeping him to short gains a lot of the night, but not enough, not nearly enough. He had plenty of big He's a machine. Too. You can't stop him. Right. Hunter Hughes, uh, I talked to him after the game. He said, look, he said, he said a D1 kid is just different. You know, he said, it's no joke. I said, yeah, I know. I mean, we, we all seen it. We've been seeing it for three, four years now with Cam. Um, and now he's a senior. So it's his year. Um, Abram's great out there. Cooper Buffington is now, for me, he is on the level of Chase Waterhouse, who had a spectacular night for Waco. Uh, Colton Lichty, there were four of the best defensive ends in Southeast Iowa, all on the field uh, in an eight-player game Friday night, and that was that was really special to see. Cole Milks is a, an absolute demon on both sides of the ball, uh, a supreme weapon. Uh, this couldn't be a better coaching move by Coach McCarty to to get him out of the quarterback spot and turn him loose all over all over the place. Uh, you know, Winfield's just loaded this year, and uh, I've ho- hopes for them to get to the dome, if not take home uh, uh, the number, the top trophy. We'll see. That's that's a lot, and that's hard to do. But uh, I, I sure hope they're able to get it done. And then I got to get to Danville. Well, Scotty, uh, I know you got to eat. You got it. You're going. Tell me a little bit about this Danville game, uh, youth game that you're going because I'm coming up with an idea. I'm going to throw out here at you uh, for some kind of a youth game that I can I can cover. Well, this is a. Uh, my girlfriend's son plays it in the youth league down there. We're talking like eight year olds. So it's, it's tackle football though. So it's the early, it's the early, early stages of it. I'm kind of curious to see what that looks like. I haven't been to, I don't know that I've ever been to that uh, level before live. Anyway, I've seen some footage on, on uh, YouTube reels and whatnot of some crazy stuff, but this is local. You know, this is the future of local football here. And I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes and watch the kids have fun and, and learn. And, uh, you know, this is how it starts, and Danville's got their own program going. Um, we'll see uh, see how these kids uh, do down the road, and maybe we'll be talking about them in another five, six, seven years here. Well, he's getting in on the ground floor of a brand-new uh, developing entity there. That's a, a, a good deal. Well, I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, um, I've decided that I want to see some kind of all-star game. Uh, and I want—I know exactly where I want to have it. I, there's a football field in Kyoto, and they do have some 
It used to be the uh, field, of, uh, field, but it's in pretty good shape. And, and uh, I want to have a throwback 1970s night there where we invite uh, uh, some of the best athletes from all around, you know, and we'll get somebody like Coach Uniker, you know, to coach one of the teams and, and uh, maybe Coach Jensen or, or any of the coaches that's out there that's available. Um, I want to put together some kind of, a, you know, I don't care if it's a flag football game or whatever, but uh, a showcase of young football players that, you know, from Pekin and from SK and from Waco and from Winfield and, and maybe Fairfield, Washington and, and, and Mid Prairie and, and all those area teams, you know, and put them together and then uh, uh, run a game and maybe you and me could uh, uh, do the play-by-play for it and uh, uh, see what we get, see what kind of athletes we're about to see in the future. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I wouldn't know the first thing about how to go about that. So you're, you're going to have to figure that out. <laughs> well, I'll figure it all out, Scotty, and I'll just tell you when it is. How's that? Right. That'll work. Otherwise I know about the shine games and stuff, and I have a feeling uh, there's a lot of work and money and stuff that goes into something like that. Oh, well, we ain't doing that. We're doing the 1970s style, um, 1970s football field. Um, um, just old, just a radio broadcast and nothing else. So, I think it'll be fun. Oh, yeah, it'd be cool. It, it's just, you know, getting uh, the communities and somebody to back it, I think, is what, what the uh, the main uh, drive would be behind it. But, well, uh, I ain't no entity that could put that together better than Round Guy Radio. I'm sure we and our listeners and our supporters uh, uh, will get behind this and, and uh, we'll put something together. Well, when it happens, you know I'll be there. All right. Well, thanks and, and get to it. And great Power Five this week. I love it. Yeah, we'll see if uh, we'll see if it can expand next week, or is it going to shrink down to an actual list of five? Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. It, it all depends on what happens. Another big Friday night coming. Every week gets bigger. All right. Thanks for being with us. Yep. Flint Cliffs Manufacturing is a full service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flint Cliffs is now hiring for welders, painters, and machine operators. For both first and second shift, call 319-752-2781.